Praise God. Genesis chapter 26. And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. You don't forget famines. And here the Lord is recalling the fact that now there's a famine in the land, but it's really the second famine that's affected Abraham's family. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. The Lord is saying, Don't go to Egypt, whatever you do. Dwell in the land that I will tell you of. Sojourn in this land or stay there, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. He said, Isaac, stay put. I know there's a famine going on, but the blessing isn't in Egypt. The blessing is where I tell you to stay put. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven and will give unto thy seed all these countries and thy seed shall, uh, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because that Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes and my laws and Isaac dwelt or stayed in Gerar. Verses 12 through 14. Then Isaac sowed in the land and received in the same year hundredfold and the Lord blessed him he said don't go to Egypt there's nothing for you there Isaac but if you'll stay where I put you the same year he said he brought forth a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great you see that progression he waxed great or became great in that famine, that land. He went forward because of that, and he grew until he became very great. For he had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, and great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. He was so blessed that the, the uh, Philistines looked at him and envied him. That's pretty blessed. Amen. I want to talk to you about sowing into your famine. Sowing into your famine. Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. It's alive. It is living, God. It is life-giving, God. I pray that you would send your word into our heart and our mind. God, that you would bring forth, God, blessing through the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you as you worship the Lord. Amen. In the word. Hallelujah. Isaac found himself in the middle of a personal famine in the land he was living in. This uh, is very evident that this isn't the first famine that his family has experienced. He was in his own famine besides the first famine. The Lord acknowledged this first famine as the famine that 
Abraham had to endure. Abraham had to live through. Amen. And this should encourage every single person in the house today because Abraham is the father of the faithful. He is a, a very blessed man. But even Abraham had to go through a famine. And now we see Isaac, the promised seed, the one that the promise of the Lord was resting upon. He is now going through a famine. And I don't care how long you live. You're going to experience a famine. You're going to experience a lean time, a dry place. And you're going to go through things that are not pleasant and they are difficult. You're going to experience some sort of famine, a spiritual famine, a financial famine, a relational famine, or perhaps an emotional famine. But Abraham, the patriarch, the father of many nations, the friend of God, the father of promise, still experienced a personal famine. And Isaac, the seed of promise, Father of nations of Israel. Amen. Through him, all nations would be blessed. Yes, even he had, amen, a famine. And the purpose of the famine, amen, for Isaac uh, was that God was using the famine to uh, reassure him. He said, if I could bring your father through a famine, if I can keep my promise to your father, I don't want you to think that my, my uh, promises are conditional. Your famine doesn't do one thing to change what I plan to do in your famine time. His promise of blessing to Abraham endured the famine. And the promise to his father was actually preserved for Isaac. How could God let Abraham die in a famine when he had promised him Isaac? You ever stop to think that God has promised you something that is bigger than you are? He's not going to let you die in a famine. He's not going to let a famine be too big for you to get through. Hello? He's still with you. He's still with all of us. He's still with the destiny that's on your life. Did not exempt him from the famine, but it didn't take away the promise either. A dry season, it came to test Isaac's willingness to stay and not run. I believe the famine was sent or allowed into Isaac's time and his season to see if he was going to be able to have the same fortitude that Abraham had to say, you know what, I'm not going to run even though my human nature is to try to go find the answer myself. He said, don't run to Egypt. Do not leave. Amen, Isaac. Amen. I'm telling you right now that the answer is right where you're at. Don't get antsy. Stay put. And the Lord showed up in his famine and said, don't run from your famine. Don't go down into Egypt. In other words, don't run from your famine. Stay right where you are. Go to Gerar and stay put. Sojourn, verse 3 said, in this land, everyone say this land, the feet, that, where your feet are standing right now, it looks parched, it looks dry, it looks non-productive, it looks like uh, there's no harvest there, but I'm telling you to stay right where you are and don't run from your famine, don't leave this place, uh, because right where you are, amen, is where I'm going to bless you. I will be with you, and I will bless you. 
in spite of the famine, in spite of the leanness. I will give you all of these countries or territories. Amen. God is saying to somebody here today, if you'll stay put and sow into the place that you think is a famine land, I'm going to bless you there. I'm going to, I'm going to prosper it. I'm going to bring it to, to uh, bless you. I'm going to allow that same ground that looks dry and broken and cracked uh, to begin to produce and bring forth a harvest. Uh, amen. And it's going to be an expansion of your territory spiritually if you'll stay where I put you. Can I prophesy to somebody, amen, it may look like a season of famine, but I'm telling you the Lord says stay put and keep sowing. Stay put and start sowing. Whatever you do, don't run. Amen, sow seed in this season. And God says I've got a promise for you, a blessing that is going to overtake you if you'll sow seed where I have you. God says I'll bless you. I'll give you the places others thought you were wasting your time investing in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give you blessing right in the place where other people thought it was a waste of your time. What in the world are you doing there? Why would you go pray? Why would you continue to fast? Why are you giving? Why are you doing this? Because I am not doing it for what I see today. I'm sowing seed into my future. I'm sowing seed into what I can't see. I'm sowing seed into the promises of God. Hey, we're living in such a transient pot of gold society. It looks easier to run from problems than to sow into them. Hello? It looks easier to, to, to just run to the next pot of gold and say, hey, over there, it must be at the end of that rainbow, and uh, that field looks greener, and I'll just go over there, and God says, hey, wait a minute, uh, I'm not a transient God. There may be times where he tells you to go, but now he's saying, if you'll stay and sow into this, uh, this uh, famine, I've got news for you, it's going to bring forth. Feel the Lord would say to somebody, don't run from that marriage. Sow into it. <laughs> yeah, that's against society sometimes. Well, just go get another one. God says, no, just sow into this one. Yeah, that's, I know that's what God's saying. He's saying, don't just run. Don't think it's easier over there. Guess what? You're going to take the famine with you if you don't commit to something. If you don't decide to sow into relationships, uh, they're going to fall apart. Uh, so God says, don't run. Sow. Job situations. Don't run from it. Sow into it. If you get a running mentality, you become a worse employee. You become a worse person. You become less dedicated. You become less reliable. But if you say, you know what, uh, things are a little bit rough right now, and it may, I may not feel like I'm where I want to be, but I'm just going to go ahead and sow into it. Uh, I'm going to do better than I've ever done before. I'm going to commit to being the best me that I can be, and I'm going to serve at the capacity that I've never served at, uh, and I'm going to let God take care of the rest. 
Mm-hmm. Somebody needs to sow into that strained relationship with some son or daughter. Hello. Well, that, I'm just going to sit here and wait on them to call me. Famine. Famine. It's never going to lead to anything. So into it. Take the initiative. Amen. Say, I am going to sow love into this relationship. I'm going to sow, amen, unconditional love in some cases. Uh, you, you, the person may not be doing anything that's approved by you, but if you'll just sow love into that situation, a strained relationship can begin to bud and bring forth, uh, amen, and become green again. That thing that's brown and dead and nonproductive, uh, if you'll sow into it, uh, amen, life will begin to come. Somebody needs to sow into a stagnated, dry, spiritual season. Amen. We need to make sure that we're sowing into it. Guess what? When we're in a famine, everything looks bad. The song's wrong. The temperature's wrong. The person's wrong. The preacher's wrong. The this is wrong. Everything's wrong because we're in a famine. But if we'll just say, you know what? I'm going to change my perspective in this season, and I'm going to thank God that I've got breath in my lungs to come to church. I'm going to sing whatever song is sung because I, it's not about the song. It's about the one we're singing about. It's what I'm going to sow into. I'm going to sow into my leanness, uh, and I'm going to watch God take that and use it to bring forth a harvest. Sow into it. Keep praying. Keep praising. Keep giving. Running isn't the answer. Sowing into the land you're in right now is the answer. God says to you, I will be with you and I will bless you. That's what he said to Isaac. I will be with you and I will bless you. I don't know about you. I, that's all I need. I don't need to know the detail. If God's with me, that's enough. If he says, I'll bless you, that's enough. I'll just keep serving him and loving him and watch him do what I can't do. It will take more to leave than it will to stay. It'll take more to leave than it will to stay. Wait it out. If you leave and don't sow, the famine just follows you. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because sowing is a principle of God. If you see something good, something thriving, something flourishing, it's on the back of somebody's sowing. It's never on the back of somebody's running. It's always because somebody's committed to the ground and said, I'm going to stay here and keep working the soil. I'm going to stay here and keep planting seed. I'm going to stay here and keep tending things. I'm going to stay in this relationship and keep on committing to it. I may not see it working out today. Matter of fact, it may feel worse today than it did yesterday. But I'm going to sow to it. I'm going to stay committed to it. And I'm going to watch what God will do with my commitment. I'm going to give you, amen, my best, God, and watch you do something with it. 
God said, I'm going to make your seed to multiply. Whatever you sow in this famine, I'll give it to your children, and it will affect nations. Isaac was not just sowing for his daily needs. He was sowing for the future. When you're sowing, keep in mind that you're sowing for your grandchildren and your children and the future generations and the people that will come into a place of relationship with God because you chose to stay and sow and build. You run from this famine, you'll spend the rest of your life chasing a harvest you'll never catch. God says the blessing is in the seed, so sow it. If you'll sow into the famine today, it will bless your family for generations. Abraham, God told Abraham, he said, or Isaac, excuse me, Abraham obeyed my voice. The reason you're blessed today, Isaac, the reason you're positioned to be blessed is because your dad obeyed my voice. He stayed put. He committed even in famine, amen, when it wasn't convenient, amen. And because he did your position today to now be blessed, the reason you're alive today, Isaac, is your father Abraham obeyed my voice and sowed into his famine, amen, a promise, amen. He was, he was the promised seed, but he still, amen, had to endure the famine in order to see it come to pass. You've all experienced famine, haven't you? Have we not all experienced famine? I've, all, I've experienced famine at all levels, personally, spiritually, corporately. Famines, difficult places. They're not fun to go through. Amen? They're not fun to endure. They're not fun to live through because it's lean, it's dry, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult, amen. And, and uh, I remember a service here on a Wednesday night uh, several years ago. There were 16 people in attendance on a Wednesday night, 16, you count them, 16. Sean Ford from you forward. That's how many were here. Say, what is that? That's a famine. <laughs> That's a tough place. Why am I bringing that up? Because, amen, it took some people, 16 people that showed up on a Wednesday night that says, we're not leaving the famine. You're sitting here today. You're sitting here today. A lot of people sit here every week. There's there's multiple kids in the back. There's all kind of young people, lives being affected, amen, missionaries being affected around the world, amen. It was a famine. It was a season, a dry time. But I'm telling you because somebody committed to the ground and said, hey, I'm going to stay here and keep sowing seed, amen. God took that famine time and he began to turn it around. And yes, there have been other difficult places, but I'm telling you it didn't, it didn't, get, uh, uh, it didn't die out with the famine. It only came back. 
back. Amen. And because God said, I'll bless it, I'll multiply it. Amen. No famine can stop what God says I'll bless. No famine can take down what God says I'll add to and multiply. I'm telling somebody in the house today, just keep sowing. Just keep believing. Just keep committing. Just keep throwing the seed into the ground and God is going to bless it. Verse 12, it says that Isaac sowed in that land. That land. He didn't just sow into the land. He sowed into that land. God told Isaac, sow into your famine. He sowed into that land. I don't know what your that land is, but you do. Whatever that, that land is for you, whatever, whatever application it means to you, that's where you need to sow. Whatever seems dead, dry, unproductive, famine, no end in sight, sow in that land. The Lord's come along to tell somebody today, don't go by what you see today. Just sow in that land. Sow in that land. Amen. Go ahead and sow with faith believing. Watch what God can do because the Bible then says uh, that in that same year, he received a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. I didn't say it said in 10 feet, 15 years, 20 years. Uh, God said in that same year, he received a hundredfold blessing in the year that he probably we felt least like sowing that year is the year that he came in with a hundredfold blessing I'm telling somebody in the Holy Ghost today if you'll sow in that land if you'll sow right where you are if you'll sow into that thing you least feel like sowing into God says I'm going to bring amen a harvest I'm going to bring a blessing you can't contain why because I'm the Lord of the harvest Hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. I wonder if there's anyone in the house today that's got radical faith. Radical faith that would believe, oh my God, how in the Lord, how in the world could the Lord do this? Try him. Try him. I challenge you to sow. I challenge you to sow one more praise to the Lord. I challenge you to sow one more thanksgiving. I challenge you to throw, amen, one more sacrificial into the, into the offering. Why? Because God is looking at it, and he's not looking at it as just one act. He's looking at it as sowing seed into a situation, and God wants to bless you. Anyone here that can get your mind wrapped around a hundredfold blessing this year? Oh, I'm plowing against the enemy today because he doesn't want anyone to sow. He doesn't want anyone to commit to their that land. But I'm telling you right now, if you will embrace it, God says, I've got something for you on the other side of your sowing. I've got a, a famine-ending blessing. I've got something that will turn it around. God turned it around. Amen. All of my hope is in him.
dry season. Famine. When you decide to obey the Lord and commit to your situation instead of running from it, God says, I'll bless that. How does God take that dry, dusty field? You know how we're going to do it out here? They're going to come in and work the soil. <laughs> they're going to regrade it, break it back up. And when it's done, they're going to sow seed on it. And that old, nasty, brown, ugly, muddy mess is going to turn into a beautiful lawn because somebody's going to take the time to invest. And work it and sow on it. And God, the law of the harvest is going to take place naturally. But I'm telling you, somebody in the house today, if you'll stop looking at the mud and the dirt and the brokenness and the clods and the mess and the mud, amen, and start seeing that as a great green field in your life, amen, whatever your situation is that looks muddy, messy, non-productive. Amen. If you'll begin to sow into that, God says, I can bring it this year. You're going to see grass this year. Amen. Somebody's going to see your situation turn this year. Amen. Somebody with faith. Not everybody. If you're going to run to Egypt, you're not going to see it. But if you're going to sow into it, you're going to see it in Jesus' name this year. You watch what God says. God's going to tell. He's telling somebody today, if you'll sow into it, I will bless it. Some of us have been in famine so long that that's all we can see is our spouse not living for God or this situation not right or this financial situation has gone on so long that I don't see it turning and we get used to living in famine. I'm telling somebody, don't get used to famine and don't run from it. Sow into it. Sow into it. Give into it. Amen. Invest into it and watch what God can do with it. I want you to grasp hold of the progression in verse 13. He sowed into the land. He received in the same year an hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great. He went forward. And he grew until he became very. See, great wasn't good enough. <laughs> God says, I've got very great for you. I've got more than you can imagine. I've got better than you can think of. I've got more beautiful than you can understand. Mm. Isaac waxed or became great. He went forward by staying. Isn't that amazing? We associate going forward by moving. God said he went forward by staying put. And grew until he became very great. All of this because he decided to sow into his family. 
14, he had possession of flocks, plural. Possessions of herds, plural. Great store or abundant of servants, plural. All of those speak of great blessing. To the point the Philistines envied him. Now our goal in life isn't to have people envy us. But God can bless you so much that people don't understand how in the world. You see, they think it's something that you've done naturally. But when God blesses you, it's that he's taken your famine and he's blessed you with spiritual blessings that can only reproduce and bring forth natural blessings. He not only survived the famine, but he thrived in the famine. Somebody's going to be blessed greatly this year. I don't know. I'm not putting, I don't know how he's going to do it or what your need is, but if you'll so watch what God does. Matter of fact, I feel that same boldness, Sister Pam, about making a list and making boxes by it. If somebody will sow into your family, whatever the Holy Ghost is speaking to you to do right now, it's not just financial. That's part of it. If, you, if your finances are in a famine, you need to sow into it. Don't run from it. The worst thing somebody can say is, well, I've been given, I've been faithful, and look where I'm at. Amen. Amen. That's not the time to run and say, this doesn't work. It's the time to sow and say, it does work, and I'm going to keep sowing, and I'm going to take it to another level. Amen. I feel like saying it's March 5th. I am saying it. March 5th. Amen. And I'm believing at the end of the year somebody can come back and say, you know what? Uh, maybe it's a handful. Maybe it's a lot of us. Maybe it's one of us. But whoever it is, uh, if you'll take this word to heart and obey it, amen, obey the word of the Lord, not me, what the word of the Lord is saying, you're going to look at yourself at the end of the year and God's going to show you a blessing that is a hundredfold blessing in your life. I don't know if it's a, in the form of a re restored relationship, a son or a daughter. What's that worth to somebody? What's that worth to somebody to see your son or daughter at this altar or a relationship or a marriage put back together? Amen. It's bigger than money. It's bigger than stuff. But it's going to be money for somebody because you're going to sow. You're going to sacrifice. You're going to give. And God's going to say, I see that seed. I know it's a famine for you, but you stretched yourself and you stayed committed to my word. And watch what I I can do with your commitment. He didn't just survive the famine. We got to break out of that survivor mentality. Where are the thrivers in the house? I intend to thrive. Amen. I'm not listening to the news. I'm not going to let them determine what I do in the house of God, how I give, how I worship, how faithful I am. I'm going to be more faithful. I'm going to be more sacrificial. Why? Because I know God is the Lord of the harvest. 
Yeah. How can we sow into our family? Keep praying. Keep praying. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Amen. Sow into your famine with prayers of sacrifice and commitment. Say, Lord, amen. I'm not running. I'm obeying. I'm not going. I'm staying. Amen. Commitment. Stay in the land where God has placed you and watch what God does. Amen. Refuse to run and abandon, but commit to sow and stay and be rooted in faith. For somebody, it's committing to being financially sacrificial. Sowing will cost you. Sowing costs you. Seed is expensive. Amen. But the miracle is in the seed. So whatever you invest in the seed will come back to you. Seed is giving without seeing or being guaranteed a harvest. Sowing is a gamble, but it's based upon the law of the harvest. So you don't have to trust in nothing. You're trusting in the word, and the word cannot return void. So sow liberally. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. I'm telling somebody today, the secret is in sowing into your family. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead and sow emotionally. What do you mean? How can I sow emotionally? I can choose to love the land I'm in. That's making an emotional investment. I'm not going to sit here and hate the situation any longer. I'm not going to sit here and loathe every morning I wake up and complain and become mumbly and grumbly. No, that's an emotional detachment that says, if I could be, I'd be out of here. No, wake up in the morning and say, I'm attaching myself emotionally to this ground. I'm committing to it because this is where God said, so I'm going to sow and I'm going to watch God bless it. Somebody needs to get your hands in the dirt and work it. Well, hallelujah. Got to get your hands in the dirt and work it. I've got a friend that's a farmer, and uh, I, I go to, I've been to his house a few times, and every time I go, he's working on equipment. When he's not plowing, when he's not harvesting, he's working on equipment. Why? His hands are greasy. His hands are dirty. Because he's, it's not just a little side gig for him. He farms thousands of acres. Uh, and he knows that he's got to be prepared to sow into the harvest. Uh, he's got to keep his equipment in running shape. Uh, why? Because this is not a game with him. Amen. He is, he is uh, emotionally invested in his life. His hands are dirty, and he works the land. And when he's not working the land, he's working the equipment. Somebody needs to work your land and work your equipment. A lot of us just want to go out and jump in the John Deere when it's harvest time. But we haven't planted any seed, and we haven't fertilized, and we haven't our machinery breaks down at harvest time when we're supposed to be harvesting because we weren't emotionally invested the tractors broke down and the pickers not working and the combines needing oiled and it's not running right because we took that downtime to not invest 
How do we sow into our famine? We trust that God is with us. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. Sow for your future. I said, don't sow just for your present. Sow for your future. That Wednesday night, I didn't know I was sowing for a grandchild. My, my head wasn't that far ahead. But I'm so thankful that I committed. This isn't about me. It's just an example to say what comes from commitment to soil that looks like a famine. That doesn't just look like a famine. It is a famine. But sow for your future. By sowing into the famine, Isaac was keeping alive his father's inheritance. Don't let what's been handed to us die, amen, because we are not willing to sow into it just to the same commitment level that they did. You wouldn't be here today if somebody decided to give up in their famine season. If some parent, grandparent, former uh, leader, amen, would not have kept sowing when it didn't look good, kept giving when it didn't look good, kept preaching when it didn't look good, kept singing and playing when it didn't look good. All of this because Isaac decided to sow instead of run. What a God. Thank you, Isaac. When you run, you'll lose things you never get back. If Isaac would have ran, you know what he would not have had? A hundredfold blessing that year. Are you in the middle of making a selfish decision that could hurt the ones you love? Chasing an Egyptian fix. What's an Egyptian fix? I've got to run to Egypt and get this blessing. I've got to run to Egypt to take care of this famine. You'll miss what God has in store if you run. God never blesses the Egyptian option. He wants to bless us right where we are. The stage is set. God's going to bless us. God's going to bless you. Famines are only tests to see what we'll do. Run or stay. Can you pray, praise, worship, and give? Read the word, sacrifice in the time of spiritual famine? Or do we only do those things when we're enjoying a great harvest time? When you commit to praying when you don't feel like it and worshiping when times and situations are difficult, when you read the word of God 
And there seems to be no revelation coming. But you keep reading. And you continue to give when you experience lean times. You're literally sowing into your famine. And God says, I will bless There's always plenty in the world, it appears. But God watches what we do during famine to see how we'll respond to it. Did you ever notice that God uses less than perfect circumstances to prove us and to grow us? When other people are unkind to you, will you stay faithful? When you feel all alone, will you still worship and dig in? Giving to the Lord is not a suggestion. Keep sowing. Keep giving. You'll find things you never knew you had if you keep sowing. It's hard places that lead us to high places. I said it's hard places that lead us to high places. Without a mountain, there's no view. You've got to climb. He works in surprising places. So don't run. Don't quit. Commit. Stay right where you are. He's your source. The places are not our source. The ground and the, the harvest isn't our source. That's just what God uses to bring the resources to us. He's the source. Sow and obey Him. Sow into the field and watch what He does with your obedience. I can't help but think of another famine, and I won't be much longer, but I think it's important for us to consider that in Ruth chapter 1, Ruth chapter 1. We find the opposite response to famine. Ruth and her husband were in a famine. And it was the days that the judges ruled Ruth 1 and 1. There was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah. He went to sojourn in the current, uh, journey, excuse me, country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. So uh, Elimelech, Naomi, his two sons, Malon and Chilion of Bethlehem, Judah. They came to the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. And the name of the one was Orpah, and the other was Ruth, and they dwelled there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them. And the woman was left of her two sons and her husbands. In other words, she lost her two sons and her husband. She was just there with her two daughter-in-laws. You see, the thing that happened here was there was a famine in the land that they dwelled in. Bethlehem, Judah. Bethlehem means house of bread. 
Isn't it amazing that even in Bethlehem or the house of bread, there was a famine? Well, I'm going to church and I'm living for God and everything should be just perfect. I should just be swallowed up in blessings all the time. Well, even in Bethlehem, the house of bread, you can go through a season of famine. But it's how we respond to the famine. Elimelech and Naomi they felt the famine tightening in on them, and they decided, you know what? We're going to run off here to Moab because it looks like it's a good place to get blessed. Our homeland is drying up. There's a famine here, and they chose to left uh, to, to leave. And when they left there, they were blessed. They still had their marriage. They still had their two sons, and Yes, they were hungry, and yes, it was lean times, and yes, it was difficult times, but they were uh, together, and they still had one another, and uh, they were going through a famine, but so was everyone else, but they decided to leave, and because they left, uh, amen, uh, they went to Moab, and if you know Moab, it was not a blessed place. It was a place founded, a nation founded by Moab, which was a, a, a descendant of Lot's incestuous relationship. And so they left the house of bread to go to Moab, amen, a place that was not, amen, spiritually conducive to, amen, blessings, amen. But uh, they soon found out that there was a famine there as well. She arose with her daughters-in-law, verse 6. They might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard the country of Moab, how that the Lord had visited the people, giving them bread. So now the place they left is back, amen, producing bread. The famine is over, amen. But they left during the famine, and they, they lost family members uh, in Moab, and now they're hearing, uh, oh, uh, uh, Bethlehem is producing bread again. The famine is over. The blessing of God is there. So they went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, It is Naomi. And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt bitterly with me. Look at this. It's very important. Amen. Naomi and her husband are the ones that chose to leave, but now she's bitter towards God. God has dealt bitterly with me. Uh, God has punished me. No, you decided to leave famine. You decided to go pursue after things that look more appealing to your eye. And just because it didn't turn out, don't blame God for how it turned out. You had the choice to be able to stay home and stay in the house of bread. Hey, friend, let me just say this. I don't care what it looks like in Moab. I don't care what it looks like in Egypt. Don't ever be deceived to think that any place will be better than the house of bread. Even if you're in a famine in the house of bread, you better understand that it's temporary. And God has a way of bringing bread back in his house for you. Yeah, they weren't there long, but it doesn't take long when you're not in the right place. Ten years, Elimelech dies, two sons die. Now it's just her and her two daughter-in-laws. 
They decided to leave Moab, but three funerals later because she heard that there was bread in Bethlehem. The Lord had visited them. And imagine what was going through her mind. If we would have just stayed in Bethlehem, I wonder how things would have turned out. So they decided to sow into the famine. Wait out the lean time. They would have been much better. But all she could do is wonder, what if? She told her daughter-in-laws she was leaving and going back to Bethlehem. Told them to go home to their mothers. One left, Orpha kissed her and went home. But Ruth claved to her, the Bible says, and said, I'm going where you go. I want you to look at what she said. This is, this is riveting. Probably a couple of the saddest verses in the Bible. But Naomi said what anyone says who leaves the house of bread for Egypt or Moab. She said in verse 20, call me no more, Naomi, which means pleasant, but call me Mara or bitter. For the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. In this verse right here, I went out full, but I came back empty. I left the house of bread in a famine, but I really didn't realize that I was full. You hear what she's saying? There was a famine all around me, but I was so full on the inside, but I didn't even realize it. And we left to pursue bread when we were really living in the land of bread. And I was full. She was really saying, I left the house of bread because I thought I was empty, but I was really full. I just didn't realize it. Even in famine, Naomi said, I was full. The message is clear today. Famines happen sometimes to the best of people in the best of places doesn't mean that something's wrong. We've talked about Isaac. We've talked about Abraham. The patriarchs. The bloodline of blessing in the Old Testament. Where it all started. They had a famine. Isaac endured a famine. Naomi endured a famine. It doesn't matter. Right in the middle of Bethlehem. The house of bread. They're going to happen to people. It's not the fact that they happen. It's how we respond to what's happening. The secret is in our response to it. If you run, you can only experience loss. But if you sow into it, God is going to be with you and bless you. And there's a hundredfold blessing to people who sow into their famine time, into their lean time, into the difficult place. I don't know, amen, what you're going through today, but my... my uh, 
spirit amen the lord is speaking so strongly don't run from your difficult place don't run from the dry ground don't run from the thing that may not be producing like you think it should produce i'm in the house of bread i'm doing everything i know to do right but i'm still going through a famine yes welcome to the club we are going to go through famines but i'm here to encourage somebody today start sowing into it start giving your best into it start committing to the ground and saying god i'm gonna stay right where you told me to be and so into this situation yeah you can stand with me sow the word into your family as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and makes it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish which I please, and it will prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. If you're going through a famine, start quoting the word. Start praying the word. Get into that word and start sending the word into the famine. Start putting the word into the famine. I don't understand it, but I know your word is powerful, God. There's nothing more powerful than your word, so I'm going to sow your word into my famine. Pray the word over your family members. Pray the word over your relationship. Pray the word over your finances. Whatever the word says, do, do it. Whatever you need to do, get the word activated in your situation. Sowing into a financial famine. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now. Herewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it, the best thing to do for a financial famine is to give. Because he says, prove me now. Watch what I can do. You're in a famine today? Prove me. Keep proving me. Because there's a day coming. There's not going to be room enough to receive it. And I'm going to rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field. Saith the Lord of hosts. All nations shall call you blessed. Just like the Philistines looked at Isaac and said, ah, he's so blessed. They became envious. The Bible says that if you'll keep sowing, amen, you're going to be called blessed by all nations. Honor the Lord with thy substance, the first fruit of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You know what the assumption is here? That, that the barns must have been empty. There was a time when the barns were empty and the presses were dry. But he says, if you'll keep honoring the Lord, it's going to burst forth with new wine. It's going to be filled with plenty. The barns are going to be stacked to the ceiling with provision. Amen. And I am going to bless you because you chose to sow into your famine. I just don't feel like it. Yeah, neither did Paul and Silas, but they continued to sow prayer and praise at midnight. You talk about a spiritual famine. 
put in prison because you were doing good? Not because you robbed a bank. Not because you killed somebody, but because you're preaching the gospel and seeing souls come to the kingdom. Amen. And you're doing what God said do. And here you are in a prison. That to me is a spiritual famine for doing right. But you're sitting in prison. Amen. You're being beaten. You're being put in stocks and bonds and in the lowest part of the prison, the dungeon. But they didn't say we're in a famine. Woe is me. We're just going to throw in the towel. Enough of this evangelizing. Enough of this preaching enough of this giving our best for God we're just going to cruise control what do you say we retire Silas but he said no amen I think it's time for us to sing Paul yeah let's sing Silas and they begin to sing at midnight and God burst through the prison amen busted open the gates amen and every man's bands were loosed why because two men decided to sow into their famine decided to sow into a difficult place and God showed up Is anybody here willing to sing into a dry season, into a difficult place? You may not understand what's going on, but don't let it steal your song. Don't let it dry up your spirit. Don't let it dry up your praise on your lips. Somebody needs to begin to give God praise and magnify him. If you're especially low today, you need to be the first one to step out and say, I'm just going to give God praise today. I'm just going to thank him. He's worthy of my praise.